Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, football, presented by Ring. We are live in New York City today. All week long, we'll be here for you. Tuesday, February 6th, I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Strager, and Jason McCourty. So appropriate that today we are sponsored by Ring because I am looking to my left right now, and I just have this piece of jewelry that I am absolutely oh, blinded by. Uh, oh, that little thing? Oh, yes. Yeah, what, what are we doing here? It. It's Super Bowl week, so, you know, this is what all the guys are chasing, so I figured I'd so just good. wear mine in, you know, show a little love. So You'd never yeah. bring that in. This yeah, is the it's first important to know. Jason's not one of those guys who wears it around. No. Like, rarely, rarely does that come out, and I'm glad you did. That's What's big. crazy is I was like, oh, yeah. I, need, I should take this to Vegas, and I was like, I was looking for it, and I know my brother had took it to get something put on it so it gets lost. You can see. And I was just like, did you ever give that to me? I have no idea where it was randomly in a bag in the living room that's right. sitting there for months. Yeah. Like an old phone charger. That's just, that you couldn't just, find like it. An old phone USB charger. cord lying yeah. around in a duffel bag. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. yeah, very careless with it because he's got a couple Just dropped of them. it all. So he's like, like, you know, yeah. it's it's in that but bag. But I found and I put it. it. In so he, he did the insurance? Is that what that was? So yeah. he went and got it insured. So for a couple of years there, it was just kind of like lying there? Oh, yeah. It was just in the, in the drawer. I just hope that like 12 years from now, we don't see like Jason McCourty's ring up for auction. I always hate those. You don't like this. <laughs> if you see that, give me a call. Things aren't I'll help you out. Things going Maybe you might need help me out. I don't know. Give me a call. Yeah, I hate those. Check in on me. Check in on your friends. Somebody check in. <laughs> I hate I'm that. Lead block. Lead block. Oh, my gosh. That thing is yeah. bigger than my eyeball. You doing okay, uh, Jay? All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Las Vegas uh, ahead of Super Bowl 58. Good morning to Sherry Burris and Omar Ruiz. They have been assigned to us. And you guys, credit to both of you. I know you were at opening night last night, which means that you were on GMFB yesterday morning, and you're back again with us today. Sherry, we'll start with you. Kansas City reaching the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the last five years. Have you heard it before? What is the latest with the Chiefs from Vegas? <laughs> Yeah, Jamie, well, because of that success, the Kansas City Chiefs have been under the microscope. So the fact that they did have struggles this season, remember at one point losing three of four games, that really makes this journey for this Kansas City team so unique. Last night at opening night, I was talking to defensive end Charles Amenehue. He tore his ACL in the AFC Championship game, and he told me his knee is still swollen, just so upset, and it's unfortunate he's not able to play on Sunday because 
because he felt like he was playing his best ball. I could just see that look of disappointment in his face, but he has a very unique perspective on this matchup in the fact that last season he was on the San Francisco 49ers. Now he's a Kansas City Chief, and I asked him what's not being talked about this Chiefs team. He told me they need to be given their flowers. People questioning this Chiefs team with the slow start on offense, wondering if they'd be able to overcome some of the challenges they faced, but he says they proved it, and we've seen that success, right? That makes this journey so special for these guys that, as you mentioned, Jamie, fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons, trying to join elite company of back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions. Now here's Omar Ruiz with the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, Sherry, there is definitely a shift last night at Super Bowl opening night when it went from the Kansas City Chiefs and all the non-traditional sports media that was around Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, the buzz generated from their podiums, to when the 49ers came out. A lot more buzz from the fans, more than 20,000 fans there at Allegiant Stadium, many of them 49er fans rotating the chants from Kyle, Kyle to Purdy, Purdy, Debo, Debo. 49ers players soaking it all in. Many of them met with humorous questions like Trent Williams, the all-pro superstar offensive lineman whose nickname is Silverback was asked, could he take a Silverback? Who's going to win that battle? He deferred to Mother Nature and said he'd go with the Silverback in that one. Then you had Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel Show offering different players a 47-layer dip. Guacamole, sour cream, dino chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. It sounds like my kid's menu saying, Debo, you're the man. You got to have some of this. And Debo saying, because I am the man, I have to defer. I'm not having any of that. But 47-layer dip, why couldn't it have been 49-layer dip in honor of the 49ers? The very first question Kyle Shanahan was asked, however, was about that turf at the UNLV practice facility. As it was described to me, spongy turf. The 49ers say they're not worried about it. Kyle Shanahan saying it is what it is. They're not going to change anything about their practice schedule. So they'll continue to practice at UNLV and just monitor what they do. Again, starting tomorrow with their practice routine. They are off today. Some of them will have a media availability at an old converted casino throughout the show. We'll show you a little bit inside of here. There's old wine barrels here, old cashier. We'll take a little look into what the 49ers have in store for them today here at their uh, media day. Let's send it back to you now, Jamie. Awesome. Omar, I don't know. You just made us hungry somehow. I know it's 5 a.m., 4 a.m. where you are, but that 49 layer dip is just like put it in the middle of the table and we talk about Super Bowl 58. Guys, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the opening night. We are going to start with the reigning champs here at the breakfast table and the reigning Super Bowl MVP, mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. He was asked at opening night about getting his third ring, one more championship closer to, of course, the ever-elusive Tom Brady. And if he thought about one day being called and considering himself – also the greatest of all time. I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so uh, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be with, around a lot of great players around me. And so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven, but seven seems like a long ways away still. Kyle, quick He's assessment. so good at I it. Know. <laughs> yeah. He's so good at answering those questions. He gets them every day of his yep. life. He gives this really normal, sensible answer about the team, and that's for another time. Like, that is not as easy as it looks. It's easy to get hooked and say, yeah, you know, I'd love to catch Brady. And yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. that's just so good at keeping about this game and this team. I'm, I'm really impressed. You can't take that for granted. And we all know what it feels like to be asked incessantly, perhaps even the same topic. A question could be asked 17 different ways, but it's about the same person. Mm -hmm. He never seems annoyed or perturbed about the fact really that this good. is the parallel that's been drawn. So 
it is skillful what Mahomes yeah. is doing. But Peter, your take on his inability, his ability to yeah. dodge this. Dodge is the right word, and I think that was a big topic going into this mm -hmm. week. Is 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 his legacy, and where does he end up? And if he does win another, that's his third, and suddenly you're knocking on Brady's door. He's not even entertaining. He says, "Let's find it in 15 years," which I so respect. But all night. Mahomes was so good. I mean, they asked him everything. They were asking about his father's situation over yeah. the weekend. He's like, I'm not talking about that. Like, mm -hmm. He moves so, he operates so smoothly, and he's done it since he got in the league, which makes when he blew up in that Buffalo game and was so emphatic on the sideline, such an oddity and such an outlier because it's the only time we saw him with that. And then last night, we get there, and it's mostly Niners fans. I think yeah. the Kansas City fans are coming around Wednesday, so Thursday. The, the Niners fans come on Monday. It's a West Coast one. I think there might be a little bit of money there involved as well. Silicon Valley coming down and representing for the whole week. Get there. They're booing Mahomes, and he's doing this, yeah, and he's like, cool. come on and bring it. So I am so amazed at Mahomes' ability to just come into Super Bowl week and just be focused on Super Bowl week and not be distracted by this, not be distracted by that. I tweeted it yesterday. The fact that he said that Mahomes, he goes, yeah, I'm just going to teach this. I'm going to treat this week like I do all the other Super Bowl weeks. <laughs> the fact that Mahomes has a Super Bowl week routine is the ultimate comment. It's a great call. <laughs> it is such an understated flex of like, yeah, I'm just, uh, this is what I do, Super Bowl Crazy. week. I'm going to treat it. He's got a Super Bowl week routine. He's 28 years old. That's pretty amazing. I don't think he's worried about Brady, and I think that's genuine. I think he's worried about this moment, which I appreciate. That's what's so insane. He's 28 years old and already Super Bowl routine. And I look at it, and like Kyle said, it's such a great answer. It's spot on. And... I still don't think it means anything. I think he has thought about it. I think he knows what he's chasing, and he knows he has the ability to get there. So, yes, when you're standing there on a Monday getting ready to play in the Super Bowl on Sunday, you're not going to go into those details. But I always looked at professional athletes. There's levels. A guy like myself, I had some God-given ability. I had to work my butt off and had to work ethic mm -hmm. to get to that level. A guy like Patrick Mahomes, his God-given ability – far supersedes mine, and then he has the work ethic to get there. Those are the Brady's. Those are the Hall of Fame guys. You already start with the glass full to the top of talent that you've just been blessed with, and when those guys, the Walter Payans, have that unbelievable work ethic, that's where you see the guys in the gold jackets. There's other guys where you have that God-given ability, but they don't know how to work for it, so you don't ever get to that stage. Mahomes has that, and I think the beauty of it, as you mentioned the Bulls, is it's turning the page of Mahomes in this franchise of, before they were kind of like so much fun everybody was rooting for him and now they've become the villain and I think you have to get to that state to get to that Tom Brady level because people have to get mm -hmm. tired of you winning and you mentioned it I want everybody to take a listen okay. to the booze that happened last night it was Mahomes it was Kelsey it was everybody for the Chiefs listen here what makes this group a potential Super Bowl champion team yeah we've dealt with a ton of adversity this season dealt with a ton of challenges um, and we're here. Um, we're playing a great 49ers team, but we're going to go out there and play our best football and see what happens. I appreciate it, Niners Nation. We're here. Oh, Niners. Niners fans, he's calling you out. We're here. And that, that you can feel the competitive nature. And then, like you guys said, oh, oh, they're calling you out. Scott Hansen right there coming right after Mahomes. I, he says the right things, but he's chasing. He knows what's out there, and he knows he can get there. He also had a good line. He's like, they're like, I think Scott asked, you know, what does it feel like being the underdog? For the he's like, mm -hmm. I'm never the underdog. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I just want Purdy and Mahomes off the stage. Just give me Hanson. We're going to need those guys Hanson. up there. It's the best. We'll get to Scott in a little bit. I, I was thinking about, like, you know there's some guys that, they have the gold jackets who mm -hmm. really didn't work that hard. Like, they messed around a lot. Like, there's a couple of them. They really are. Like, those guys are the craziest. Yeah, like, those yeah. are the ones. Like, yeah, I kind of worked yeah. hard. They're still there. 
I'm with Peter. We're at this point where, dude, you have a Super Bowl week routine? That's like, we go to the lake every year and we always leave at the same time and go to the same restaurant and pack the same way. That's like, you don't do that for the Super Bowl. That's yeah. like, that's like Meryl having her Oscars routine. Yeah. I get the same hairdress and I show up at the same time. And, you know, Meryl's been doing this for decades. Mahomes has been doing it less yeah. than a decade. Listen, the Brady thing, I, I've said it before, like, I don't think it's sacrilege to start talking about it. This is the fate, my favorite part, especially if the Chiefs win this weekend, of the dynasty is, is media parade paralysis where we don't know what to say anymore how do we hype them because we already brought down the brady bottle from the top shelf like we put that thing up there 20 minutes ago when he retired and said maybe someday we'll pull this down we brought it down after two minutes yeah. we're already taking it because of mahomes and look if he gets this one, he's got three rings, right? He's four behind Brady. He can't get four in the next 12 years. He get one every three years. Remember, the weakness in Brady's greatness, despite winning seven rings, eight-year gap without a Super Bowl ring. It's almost unfathomable to think of Mahomes going eight seasons without winning a ring. So I know a lot of people roll their eyes, and he's right. He has a long way to go, but it's not stupid to say yeah. someday he could catch them. It's a little bit of on-pace guy, but... It's not a guy who hits two home runs on opening day and so we say he's going to hit 320. It's not that. This is the fourth time. He's the third time if he wins it. I just think it's it's all there. And it's he's so good that our only recourse to say how great he is is to compare him to Brady, who just retired. And I think he's earned that. Shame on Josh Allen. Shame on Lamar. They had him in their buildings couldn't in the it. cold weather. Their fans, they had him on couldn't the ropes. And they couldn't do it. Like, Lamar Jackson... In that defense, they, they had him 17 to 10 for the entire second half, and they could not score a point. You had you had him on the ropes, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Nobody can do it. I mean, occasionally he gets he gets, he gets beat. I keep coming 14 and three, 14 yep. and three in the playoffs. Good luck beating him. It's very difficult. He has the benefit, I think, also of watching the Tom Brady standard get set in relative recent history. Like Mahomes was watching Brady do this. He sure. understands the impact in the historical context of football that Brady's record has on this. What I find impressive, and what we've talked about at the table with Patrick Mahomes, is that quote he had. I believe it was after the Ravens game, which is like, I realized my defense was playing a certain mm -hmm. way that I could take myself out of it. It's like, we watch Brady transform, and all of a sudden, I think after 10 years, we realize, wow, he plays a little differently than he did mm -hmm. earlier in his career. Mahomes is so aware of what it takes to get this job done, and how you can't be the same quarterback probably for over 15 years, that we are watching him change his game and accommodate different needs of his teams from season to season. He's so smart and keenly aware of plays, but also how the game is changing, his teams are evolving around him that I would not be surprised if he accomplished this. And that's where it's so fun to look at a Bill Belichick and an Andy Reid because to your point, the course of the game where Patrick Mahomes, your Andy Reid, we don't have to throw the ball 50 times. Our yeah. defense is playing well. We'll give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and continue to run it and you see what, the, what it makes of it. Mahomes looking for his third ring. Of course, the 49ers stand in their way. We will cover them as well, of course, from Monday night, which was Super Bowl opening night. A lot of coverage topics covered for all the players. edition of We In or We Out. Let's if go. you're watching our show for the first time, we do this every single Tuesday morning. We talk about some topics other than necessarily everyone else's topics on the big game. Let's start with yesterday, where there's actual football to be discussed. The 49ers openly expressed their displeasure with the practice facility okay. field at UNLV, saying that the field is too soft, as Omar Ruiz described it earlier. Spongy. Also pouring rain when they were practicing outdoors at UNLV's facilities while the Chiefs are at the Raiders 
indoor facility, although they practiced outside mm -hmm. yesterday. Keep up with all this. Okay. Last night, Kyle Shanahan on Monday was asked about the practice field concerns at the Super Bowl. Take a listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. It is what it is. We're here. We won't change anything. We're not going to completely change our schedule and do something crazy. Like, we'll deal with what we got, and we're, we're good. Okay. Okay. So then at the press conference for the commissioner, Roger Goodell was asked about it. He says that the field is softer than the 49ers are used to, but it was approved unanimously. So right. it's Monday, and we're doing practice field talk. And like I said, the, the <laughs> Chiefs chose to practice outside yesterday. They yeah. could have practiced inside. The Niners, they were outside because, well, that's what they had to deal with. The 49ers practice field situation is an actual factor leading into Sunday's game. Jason, you've played the game. You've played in Super Bowls. It's not their facility, and yet they don't have the same facility they're practicing on as their opponents. Are we in or we out? It matters. I'm going out on this. I do think it it comes into play, but it doesn't have an impact on the game on Sunday. You just said it. The Chiefs were outside. They were in full pass. They were practicing in the rain yesterday. The 49ers, they're outside practicing as well. Both teams have to adjust because when you're playing in the Super Bowl, you, no one's at their home advantage and they're not at a facility that they're used to. So for the 49ers, yes, there is some adjustment. I remember going over to Germany where that's the same thing. You have two teams that go, they're out of the elements. The field was slippery, it was different, mm -hmm. and you have to be able to adjust. Yesterday before we heard from Shanahan, I was a little questionable about it, but hearing him kind of say, like, we're not adjusting anything, that to me was the main thing. If it was to the point where it was just like, well, we can't even go out there in that practice field because someone's going to get hurt, that makes a big difference. But the fact that they're going through their entire routine I don't think it plays a what big part. What do you think part. about Chiefs fans saying that they're already building in an excuse? I think that they're just stating something that if Roger Goodell's talking about it, then it's real. He's saying it's softer than what they're used to, then the field was really a thing. So I think it's okay to discuss. I think you're doing God's work here, Peter. I don't think this <laughs> Talking is, ball. Yeah, I'd love to talk ball. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is Brian Billig taking his team off the turf at Veterans Stadium saying mm -hmm. this is unsuit to play. The reason this hits and the reason it's interesting is their scarts issue from the Super Bowl last year. I mean, mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts just slipped again trying to make a handoff. It was rough, and there was a lot of slipping, and like people were making accusations. It's a practice field. It's not the one that's going to game's going to be played on. The game's going to be played on real grass that will be inside. I don't know. I, I just get a kick out of people calling it spongy. It sounds spongy. like a cake. <laughs> if, if, I, think la I think this is a hangover topic from last year, a worthy one, because it, what is it, Tuesday today? If Shanahan's okay, I'm okay. This is not the game field, so that's fine. Oh. Not a good look for the running Rebs, maybe, yeah. and I love the running Rebs. As far as I understand it, they have artificial turf, and then this was natural turf that was put on top of the running Rebs turf. So the Niners, I hope you get through it. Just walk through it carefully, and everything we'll see you in the game on Sunday. Shanahan's saying okay because he has to, because Goodell essentially put a stopper on this a few hours before opening night. Peter, just to clarify, the Chiefs have two different opportunities for them to practice either inside or on real grass, and then the other, their opponent only has the one place that they can go? No, they can, they, they, there's an indoor facility for uh -huh. the Vegas Raiders. They mm -hmm. can practice inside the outside, and then UNLV, they practice outside. So, so again, the Chiefs have two places that they could choose yeah. from to practice, yeah. and the 49ers just have the one. Feels weird. Home, there's, that's, that's, that's how it always is. What? This a isn't a regular season international game. It should be new, like eliminate. It should be all net neutral. Like you have every resource possible to allow this to happen from a scheduling perspective. Everyone, it should just be equal, so we don't have to address things mm. like this. Fair. <laughs> like, Jamie has a take. I like it. Go <laughs> ahead, good. tweet it out. It's like, tweet it out. It's annoying that it's a thing. Like I, you are doing God's work because, like, why is this? We're not yeah. talking ball. We're talking about grass, but like. It's not, it doesn't seem balanced. They yeah. have like two year, places to go and the Fortnite's have one. Last year, I want to say the Eagles were at the Cardinals facility and then the 
Chiefs were at one of the college facilities. So it's just an yeah. alternate Home and away. Yeah, home yeah. and away. Okay, in non-Super Bowl-related news, the Falcons introduced Raheem Morris as their new head coach yesterday. And let's just say this dude is excited to, ba- to be back in the ATL. Take a listen. This is coming home. And when you get a chance to go back home in this profession, it is extremely important and it is extremely critical to everybody involved. I can express the joy that I have right now to be able to come back and work with the Blanks, to be able to come back and work with all these people around me that I've been with for years. And I could talk about this for the rest of the press conference. I probably may bore you, but I don't know if you've ever been in this spot to coming back home, but this is certainly the best feeling in the world. Cool. Ra was excited the entire time he was with Terry Fontenot, the GM. The two of them were awesome at the podium. Regardless of how Raheem Morris does in Atlanta, the Falcons not hiring Bill Belichick is already one of the NFL's greatest what-ifs. Are we in a react, Jason? I'm going out on this. And the reason I'm going out on this is because Raheem Morris was a head coach at one point. He's been coaching the NFL for a very long time. I would be in on this if the Falcons had passed on Bill Belichick to go for a young upstart coach who we didn't know much about, who they were kind of going with a shot in the dark. I look at Raheem Morris as a guy who got an opportunity, didn't work out well, but he's been coaching forever. The outpour of different people in the NFL that came out in support of Raheem Morris and talking about how brilliant of a coach and leader he is, I think it goes to show volumes of the type of coach that the Atlanta Falcons got. I think for Bill Belichick, yeah, there's going to be a what if you can say that for every vacancy that was open this coaching term. He interviewed twice. <laughs> no doubt about it. But I, I think they got their guy, somebody that they really love. And they had an opportunity to hire Bill Belichick and chose not to. So I'm not going with a what if on this. It doesn't matter how he does. Oh, I'm a huge what if. I yeah. think this will be compared against it. This is very similar to drafting quarterbacks. Like, the who did you pass on and who did you take? And inexorably, you are linked together. Like, look, Mitch Trubisky is always going to be linked to Mahomes and Watson. Yeah. And Tua and Herbert will always be linked. This is how it works, especially, especially if Raheem does not do well and if they don't get something going and if he stumbles out of the gates and they're one and four and it's two and done or just like, oh, you had Belichick sitting right there. I was interested to see Belichick land somewhere else. You know, Vince Lombardi had one year with Washington at the end of the year, and it's really strange to look at. Even just seeing Belichick in the Falcons hoodie would have been really strange and kind of intoxicating in a way. But listen, it's not Raheem Morris's fault. He probably interviewed better. He probably interviewed differently. If he wins or not, I'm telling you, maybe it's not fair. The way it works is if he suffers, that you could have hired Belichick, and that's how it's going to be. I hope he doesn't. I hope do he think, doesn't. Do you think Bill has to end up coaching again mm. for it to be that? Or do you think it does, even if he doesn't coach again? For even that? if he doesn't. In fact, maybe even more so if he doesn't coach that, again. Yeah. You left don't even it. Know. I also, I'm still maintaining my take. I'm not so sure the Falcons chose not to hire Belichick. Yeah, maybe true. Belichick didn't choose to be part of the Falcons. True. I could have been more on the what if of like, let's lean on the Bill Belichick thing until I like listened to that press conference yesterday. Like <laughs> he seems so genuinely thrilled and proud, a la the Dan Campbell. Like I don't just want to be a head yeah, coach; I want to be the Lions head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has that same vibe to it. And man alive, if I don't want somebody to have a great first year more than Raheem, Raheem Morris at this point. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. He he didn't want any job. That that was the job he really wanted. And he connected with Arthur Blank, who he'd known for years, mm-hmm. obviously because he used to work there and was the interim coach. I do think there's a what if in just Belichick in general. And if he never gets a job again or if he yeah. rides off into the sunset or if he does an executive thing or if he's in media, whatever it is, true. that was the opportunity, that Falcons one. And we'll always wonder, point. what if? And it's nothing to do with Raheem. You're yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Was, the, was that, that great of an opportunity? Like you can't pass up the Falcons franchise with no quarterback? Like, like it was thought, on a tee? Is your thought like, all right, Dallas might be available next year? Yeah, 
I just think but there's like Ben Belichick's a year older. His son is now in definitely. Washington. McDaniel's he may be gone. Yeah, a year on the boat and a little media check. I think that's just a wrap. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out in nine months from now. Maybe. I don't think his son going to Washington. People leave college jobs all the time. If we've seen, uh, he could move on to wherever his dad goes. Up, Coming TV up on B? our show, uh, I'm in on this version of Good Morning Football on a Tuesday. We've got more from opening night. What would a win mean for the current Niners? From all the stars of Super Bowl 58 last night in Las Vegas, but our guy Michael Robinson, of course, caught up with Brock Purdy and had to ask him truly about the voices and the critics. Brock, do you ever get upset, man? Because I mean, seriously, people keep questioning you. They keep bringing up where you were drafted and when you were drafted, but they look at all the you look at all the numbers, your top five and past. You, you know, you're at the top of a lot of categories from the quarterback position. Do you ever get tired of the criticism? I mean, it's part of the game. You know, for myself, I focus on what I have to do every single week for every game. And more than anything, I just want the respect and love for my teammates. And as long as I have that, then I'm okay. You know, the playing quarterback in the NFL, people are going to say good things, bad things, that, that comes with it. And so if you let that get to you, obviously that's not good. But for me, man, I keep one play at a time kind of mentality throughout the week and throughout my life. And I just I want to play for my boys. Mike teed him up perfectly. If you were going to get job, anything from Brock in that moment, it was going to be like, yeah, that does annoy me. But no, he went with that answer, which he has stuck by his entire career. Can Brock Purdy silence those doubters, those who have an opinion about whether or not he's quality enough in his uh, early career with a Super Bowl win? Or does he need to be like the quarterback to lead to the win? Oh, if he went to Super Bowl, I don't want to hear anybody saying, yeah, yeah but like, he won a Super Bowl. You know, it's I think, Kyle, you had done something last week that has resonated with me even going into this week where we have this predisposed, I would almost say, a dismissal of Brock Purdy because of where he was drafted, mm -hmm. because we trust the drafts so much. It sticks with them. We trust our mock drafts. We trust our individuals who work around the clock to do draft prep. We trust the teams, and all of them, to a man, all of them passed on Brock Purdy. He was in no mock drafts. He was uh, not drafted by 32 teams for seven rounds. And even the final pick of the draft, you read Peter King's yeah, article this yeah, week. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan had to go to Dr. York, John York, Jed York's father, and be like, I think he's the best player in, in, in the draft left at the last pick, but we don't need a quarterback. Yeah, we have yeah. quarterback. And Dr. York, who has, has been such a luminary there, and, and like, if he's the best player, take him with the last pick. And sure enough, here he is. I, we hold that bias against him. Because if you watch it, I really do mean this. If you watch it, he doesn't have the best arm in the league. League. He's not the fastest player in the league. This guy wins, this guy plays, and this guy makes the right decisions every single time. If he wins a Lombardi trophy, I don't want to hear this anymore. I don't care if they win 10 to 9. I don't want to hear that Brock Purdy isn't worthy of being this quarterback. On the flip side of it, if they're down 21-3 in the second half, you better believe people are going to be saying, put Sam Darnold in the game. Yeah. Sam Darnold was the number three overall pick. Oh. Sam Darnold is the guy who everyone in the draft world did cherish. Sam Darnold's the guy who was the great, oh, USC quarterback, and he's the backup. Do you think Shanahan would do that? No. no. I don't either. No, because no. he didn't last week. But, but if you're talking about critics and silencing and all that, if they're down, that is what the chatter is going to be. So Brock Purdy, I respect the way he, just like Mahomes, is so laser-focused yeah. and hasn't let this affect him. But gosh, don't check your mentions, because if that's anything, if, if it doesn't motivate you, it could destroy you. Mm. I don't think he does <clears throat> check his mentions. I think he is laser-focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. He said it's not about anyone. It's about the team coming together and doing something. And I'm right with you. I think for Brock Purdy, he silenced the doubters in that NFC Championship game. They're down 17. He has a hell of a performance in the second half to lead them to victory to get to the Super Bowl. For me, 
if he, he's a winner, and winning a Super Bowl validates him. And I think on top of that, the team that they have and how he's performed, we keep mentioning, obviously, Mahomes 14-3 and in the playoffs has been so good. For Brock Purdy, he's continued to win in the playoffs as well. The only game he lost is the one that he got injured in the playoffs. So we have to look at him. He wins a Super Bowl this year. We also have to start to look at it as well as the 49ers. There's a good chance throughout Purdy's career that he'll be back in the Super Bowl with how well this team has played under him as the quarterback. So I think he does prove doubters wrong. I think the thing that Purdy will continue to stand on throughout his early career is I'm a winner. If I can get this team to the Super Bowl, this is the same team that was there a few years ago against these Kansas City Chiefs that fell short. So you could argue that if they're able to get over the hump this year, a lot of that is going to have to be because of Brock Purdy. I don't think he has to have this superb mm. game to prove doubters wrong. To me, that was two weeks ago in that championship game where he had one hell of a game. It gets to the point where you're just arguing to argue with about Brock Purdy. Is the earth round or is it flat? Is a hot dog a sandwich or is it not? <laughs> Vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream. You have the same debate and you're going to be on one side or the other. It's too bad we can't just, like, it's a great story. But we're constantly at the labeling and the yeah. belittling. But, Peter, like, I, I disagree. Like, I think if he plays poorly and the Niners win, there's a, still a bonfire. Really? Like, I look at, like, Roethlisberger played really badly against Seattle in that Super Bowl that they yeah. won. Roethlisberger was a first-round pick and the franchise quarterback. The draftism is real. That's what Leaf calls a draftism. 100%. I think if he throws two interceptions and they eke out a 16-10 to 10 win, I think they'll be all over him. I do. Yeah. And I, I don't even know, like, it's not how we're wired as a show, but the screamers, like, yeah. they'll come for blood. They will, and it's just that's the nature of it. And that might be just in the post game, but to Peter's point, the volume at halftime might be so bad if the 49ers are down. But that would not be the first time that we've seen that in this postseason run. Here's Kyle Shanahan on San Francisco's two big comeback wins that got them to Super Bowl 58. I'm glad we came back. I'm glad we could do that stuff, but um, I never felt like we couldn't. I'm glad that we did the last two weeks, but how will that play in the next one? I mean, it should have no relevance, but at least our players know they've been there before. They know how to feel when they're down, and you should always know you're out of no game until the clock ends. I've known that from coaching a lot, and I feel like our players should always feel that way, but definitely these last two weeks should, with their experiences these last two weeks, should make them feel a lot more confident. So, Kyle, are you feeling good about the confidence the 49ers should have about coming from behind, or are you more like, why did you have to do me like that in the postseason? No, I don't feel good about it. No. <laughs> this, is, this is a different team. This is a different Chiefs team. Their defense is amazing. And, you know, you hear the 49ers machine is different, and I totally respect that. Yep. There's a lot of teams that are different. The Dolphins machine was pretty different. They played this team twice. They scored 14 points, and they scored seven points. Yeah. Lamar's pretty different, wouldn't you say? He scored 10, all right? Back when the Eagles were really good and they were doing the tush-push, they put 21 points up and it felt like 40. I'm not saying the Niners are going to lose. It's like, you get down to a couple scores here. This is a different animal. I, I don't think that they are built for that. I don't think anybody's built for that. It's not a Niners thing. The Chiefs defense is that good that you get they get you down. I don't think there'll be a comeback. And I don't. I, I also think this is not a Niners thing. This is not a Brock Purdy thing. This is not a Christian Mary. This is a Kyle Shanahan thing. So mm. as he's talking about the team, and mm. I think they should play to the zero. Like, Kyle Shanahan, this, this is to write all the wrongs that, that he sees in his history and all the wrongs that he has to hear and listen about. We've gone through it ad nauseum this whole season. We're talking about being up 28-3 to in a Super Bowl. We're talking about being up 10 points in the last Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And then we're talking about being up 10 in L.A. in the NFC Championship game. A comeback totally writes all that wrong, and it totally makes him, hey, three in a row, we, we completely changed the script on what I'm about in the second half and the narrative on my career. 
I think an even better story would be a third straight comeback. Ooh. But forget that. I think an even better story would be if the Niners got out early mm. and they didn't give it away. Uh, Kyle yeah. Shanahan was able to put, you know, that neck on the guy's throat and just kind of elbow him down and put him into submission because that's always been what's plagued him. The Niners have been up in big games and Shanahan's teams have given those leads oh. away. It would be a really cool way for Kyle Shanahan to get his ring if they got up early mm. and they just continue to punish the Chiefs and they didn't give up a lead. I love that. And I love everything that Kyle Shanahan said because when you looked at the mic'd up stuff after that last game and you're hearing George Kittle talk to Brock Purdy on the sideline and he says it, it's going to be so fun after this game to say, hey, they had us in the first half, but we got them back in the second half. There's a different sense of belief. And when you've never been able to come back, Shanahan was 0-30 and, and a lot of those players were a part of that. There is, when the game's starting to get away, oh, here we go again. I think the past two games of them coming back, it does give a sense of belief, but I'm right with you, Kyle. Don't, don't, in this game, don't get down to the Kansas City Chiefs because I think that's just going to be very hard to come back from. The Lions, their defense is totally different. The Packers' mm -hmm. defense is totally different. You get down, we have no reason to believe that Spags and that defense are just going to allow a run to just happen and the 49ers are going to come storming back. Get a lead if you want to win this game and hold on to it. I just want the prediction on the record. If the Niners win this game, my prediction is Purdy will not be voted MVP. It'll be something of an upset. It'll be a take. It'll be McCaffrey. It'll be Debo. That's my prediction. Do you see any scenario where Purdy throws for 350 and three touchdowns? Not against his defense. He might play really well. I don't think he'll have numbers that big. But if he's not voted MVP and it's almost always the quarterback, that's a take storm on Monday morning. Time for Who Is Your Pick, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's time to make our pick for the best sound from Super Bowl opening night. Guys, we called our shot yesterday. Yeah. Mr. Hansen, this has vibes of the proudest, teary-eyed father at a wedding talking about his daughter, the bride. I have never seen someone more glowing, more proud, and more perfect. This is why I watch Super Bowl opening night. Scott Hansen, talk about that Lombardi trophy. And here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest prize in American sports. It stands 21 inches high. It is made of seven pounds of career-defining Tiffany's sterling silver. And six days from now, either the Chiefs or the 49ers will hoist this trophy as the confetti falls here in Las Vegas. Ah, uh, and not a dry <laughs> eye. It's, you know what it is? It's the career-defining sterling yeah. silver. Got a text last night. From Scott, yeah. says he thinks about this show when he's doing that. We <laughs> hyped him yesterday. He's like, I'm doing it for you guys. Scott, it's not about us. We're just your biggest fans. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. It's it really a, is. It's the so best good. part of opening night. Yeah. Ask not what your Lombardi can do for you. I mean, it's it's, it's Winston Churchill. It's Ooh, totally that. It is. And it's so beautiful. Churchill didn't say that. But I will say, he texted both Kyle and I. I said, guys, I got, a little I got it for you. And he did it. And it was great. I hope that is forever. Scott Hansen. It's to. not Super Week until he introduces that Lombardi just like that. Yeah, you're right. That's what it is. That's what it is. I, I need like a circumference. I want like the I want the ounces on it too. Like I want it to take the next level next time. Also, the way that Kyle Shanahan kind of like smirked when he was talking about how he moved on from the Cowboys and his game planning is the same wink that we just got from Scott Hansen when mm -hmm. he was like for us. doing this for GMFD. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Scott's so good. I love it. So good. Yeah. Career defining. Career defining. Still to come on Good Morning Football. It wouldn't be Tuesday uh -oh. without some emotion. What are we? What are we doing? This is great. Commanders talk. Are they going for Caleb? But wait a second, they don't have the number one overall pick. How's that going to work? Scotty P joins us from the front office right after this. Scotty. Bringing his confession.